joining us. This is Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. You're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Yeah. Chris, what? What a crazy kickoff to 2020. It was a little unorthodox. I, I still feel like we should have finished uh, the end of the year podcast at the end of the year, but it was a really nice way to start the, the beginning of the year. Yeah. It reminded me of all the awesome podcasts we've done this year. For sure. It, so, it is It is always great to take a moment and step back yeah. and be like, we had a great time. Yeah, no, what a it's, blast. Uh, it, it's actually like it's it's motivative. Yeah, you know it really is. So I, I don't really realize that we did that many podcasts or that we interviewed that many interviewees or that we did that many ride-alongs and just thinking about the last four years of, oh my God. of yeah. recording. Um, yeah, blessed. I think that's the best way to put it. You got it. You got it. Absolutely. Hey, uh, speaking of awesome stuff that's new to the market, EcoBoost tuning from Calibrated Power. Guys, this is something that's near and dear to our hearts. Uh, being diesel, guys, we've made fun of gas trucks forever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it this reminds me so much of like when the 2.8 liter came out where I thought it was going to be really stupid. Yeah. And then I got in the truck and I was like, oh, man. Well, I'll tell you. This is awesome. Having uh, the luxury of being on the phones and talking to a bunch of guys day in and day out, it's crazy to me how we're a diesel institution adopting a gas platform and how many of our previous customers were diesel enthusiasts adopting the EcoBoost platform. Yeah. So or even just, just their sense. wife has one or yeah, whatever. Uh, There's one in the family, the, right? For the it's last like... month, a lot of the guys that I've talked to had our Cummins tuning, had our Duramax tuning, Yeah, realized they didn't need a full-size diesel. They wanted to have fun, so they bought an EcoBoost. And I mean, the Ford platform as a whole is a really nice package. It is. And then you start talking about power output, and it's like... If you have a 17 or newer 3.5 liter, we can go 160 horsepower over 200 feet-pound of torque on an ethanol-based tune and 130 horsepower, 140 foot-pounds of torque, simple gas, like a 91, 93 octane file. Yeah. So it's just it's insane to me to see the, the, the gain capabilities that there are because they're very similar to a diesel platform. Um, but the makeup of the truck as a whole, injector pump, lift pump, injector, direct injection, like there's a lot of similarities. So it really is. I'm excited to see how that platform goes. It seems to be uh, fairly well receptive amongst our customer base so far. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what happens. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, speaking of another one that got, our customers have been asking for for a long time, and it's getting really close. It's not here yet, but yep. it's really close. It's our HX35 Turbo. Yep. Chris, this is this is your jam. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, <clears throat> in our show notes, you know, Paul, we, we don't have a pricing yet available, okay? Right. Um, no peak power numbers. I'll, I'll just, a little spoiler alert, we're making, you know, 500 horsepower plus, okay? Yeah. Now, here's the thing, right? To a lot of listeners in, in the common real world or in pretty much any diesel arena, 500 horsepower on one of those trucks, like, yeah, well, my buddy makes that, right? The idea here is is a upgraded, of uh, a an available upgradable turbocharger, okay, if you will, for any 94, bolt-on 94 through 2002 truck that's going to offer quick response and a nice mid-range airflow uh, capability to help with smoke output, EGT control, broad it's drivable. Net, that power band. Exactly. It's drivable. It, it's, it's, it just goes, man. It's not that erratic big single. And, you know, we, we, we have a second-gen Dodge here at the shop now as a test truck, and we had a, an O2 Dually a couple years before. Yeah. And even that truck, when we first started, because this turbo has been something that we've been tinkering with for years and then kind of came back to the project, moved away from the project, came back in, and now it's full steam ahead. But I had one of these trucks 10 years ago, and I, I've talked about it in prior podcasts where, you know, the way I set the truck up 10 years ago is different than the way I would set it up now. When I started growing a little bit and realizing that a big single erratic power wasn't really my thing, I realized that that platform wasn't my platform any longer. Where if a turbocharger like this was available back then, 
you know, parts for the truck are cheap. The trucks, you know, <laughs> you, you can still find nice ones. You know, they're cool project trucks too. But yeah. this is a truck that you can make four or five hundred horsepower reliably, tow capable, really efficient, uh, easy on the pocketbook for maintenance, injector, right. injector pump upgrade. So, um, yeah, very daring to my heart, very close to my heart. I'm very excited for this platform to go live. Um, and it really complements the rest of our stealth line really well. So I'm really excited. Absolutely, man. Good call on that. Uh, yeah, I think it's a, a really interesting turbo. I think it focusing on the drivability of it and, and how how good of street manners it has, yeah. as opposed to just coming out with a big single or, or a, a twin kit or something like that. That that's just seems foolish to me for well, those trucks, right? Think, is <clears throat> is we found something and developed something that actually matches what that truck physically is capable yep. of, and that truck <clears throat> is physically capable of being a great daily driver, yeah, being yeah. a fun truck to be behind the wheel of. Um, but but it took understanding the fuel system and understanding the power delivery yeah. and understanding the torque curve of this truck with this platform and then developing a turbo around <laughs> those things as opposed to the other way around. One right? of the things too, you know, because again, Nick has spent a lot of time with the turbo guys on developing different wheel profiles and different yeah. exhaust housing sizes and things like that. And one of the things that I always talk to guys about is, oh, well, my buddy has a 700 horse truck. Okay. Well, depending on the setup, you know, 700 horsepower is a peak might not necessarily be faster than a truck that makes potentially 600 horsepower, sure. depending on the power band that the truck operates under. And we're seeing a lot of that with this turbocharger where, yeah, you could bolt on an S366 to this truck. You know, um, there's various turbos on the market and 64 millimeter uh, Tons of impeller wheel yeah. uh, setups that will make 5, 550, 600-ish horsepower, but it's at a specific window in the RPM, All right? right? Where before 2,400 RPM, the truck's dead. Garbage. Doesn't do shit. That truck is going to feel nasty once it hits. Yeah. Prior to that, it's a pooch. So it's just that broad power band, that efficient power that we're looking for, which falls right back into the drivability. Absolutely. So. Um, one of the other things I wanted to let our listeners know, uh, as Nick's been busy working on that turbo and working with R&D guys uh, to get that thing ready, he also took some time out and actually made a trip out west uh, to Diesel Power Products okay. and visited our friends over at America's Diesel Podcast. Very cool. Uh, he got a chance to sit down with the host over there, Ben and Tyler. Guys, it's a great show. Uh, it's podcasting. So if you listen to us, you probably want to go listen to yep. Ben and Tyler talk about diesels as well. So the show's called America's Diesel Podcast. Uh, they they do sheepishly make a claim with Nick there about being the number one diesel podcast. Now we have the stats. Uh, no no big deal. Listen listen. <clears throat> Everyone's I number love, one. I Everyone's love that one. you guys see yourself as number one. I agree with that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow that that was like a uh, that was like a roundabout backhand. A little bit a little bit. But they're good people. They are they are really good and it's a great show. They have a lot of fun. Nick was great on the show. Mm -hmm. uh, he talks he talks a lot. He talks more on their show than he did on our show. I'm going to give him a hard time the next time he's well, down here. I feel offended by that. You should. You should. Wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> people who are not offended, though, are fans of WC Fab. And I know these fans are, are real because I actually looked them up online and read the reviews. Yeah. Guys, WC Fab, Axergy Performance, they make the show happen. Uh, so big shout out to them. I wanted to read a, a quick review here. Uh, I'm going to read the Justin Will Rett review. Okay. Five stars. Five. Shit. Best there is. They know what they're doing. They have good prices, high quality parts, and do the work and do the work the right way and not the cheap way. But last but not least, customer service is awesome. 
WC Fab will always be my first choice. Five stars. All right, uh, so I'm going to read the second one, not with so much enthusiasm. Get, get into it, man. These guys are excited when they <clears> wrote this. Yeah, I'm excited to read this, just not with your like killer uh, narrator <laughs> horror story voice. But Ben Brown, also five stars. They got to the root of my problem and made sure to fix the issue right away, and they were very professional. I would definitely recommend them to anyone. Guys, WC Fab products, they speak for themselves. The customers, the support, the, the whole nine yards. Um, you go on their Facebook page, there's other reviews that other you know users have, but there's a reason that we talk about them. The I don't hype care. is real. We worked with them before they were a sponsor of the show. <laughs> I worked with them before uh, I worked for the company and the brand. Yeah. Right? So it's one of those things where Jason, Ryan, all the guys over there, great group of people, they're enthusiasts themselves, and their product speaks for themselves. Simple as that. Totally correct. Uh, speaking of products <laughs> that speak for themselves, Axergy Performance. Chris, we bring it up every week, and there's yeah. a reason, and that's because they do, and we want to remind people the only thing is not good at is probably – shouting from the rooftops about how great they are. Yeah. Uh, they are not much of the braggarts. They really have relied on the industry and their fans and, and their <clears throat> customers and the, the shops that they work with really closely yeah. uh, to, to really, really elevate them to the next level. Yep. And and true competitors like LeVon Miller runs nothing but Exergy, yeah. right? Yeah. So, like, y- you know who you're getting in bed with with mm-hmm. these guys. Uh, one thing that I think we've been missing the ball on, Chris, and I want to talk to you about this on air and off air, 6.7 liter Ford 10 millimeter CP4. I honestly didn't know Exergy had it available. Oh, really? Uh, they said it's one of their most popular yeah. uh, CP CP3 products. So <clears throat> CP4 products. Well, sure. Right. So I, I think I think high pressure yeah. pump was the words they used, but okay. yeah. So I mean, I think what's what's really cool with uh, with this specifically is there's always this bad wrath for the CP4 in the market. Yep. Okay, simple as that. Uh, I think more so on a Duramax platform than yeah. the uh, than the Ford platform, simply because of the low pressure fuel system. Uh, Ford has a very high low side fuel uh, pressure leading to the CP4. Right. Um, they have a different filtration system than the LML, um, but nonetheless, CP4s do fail on the Fords. Um, or guys are looking for more power. And Exergy was really smart in their uh, process and their R&D department of building a modified CP4 pump. And <clears throat> we've seen this on a couple trucks here in the past. We're starting to get more into them as we get into turbo development on the 6.7s and things like that, where we know the injection pump's going to be the weak link. Um, but it's a drop-in replaceable pump that supports well over 750-wheel horsepower. Yeah. You know, you're not going to have the hacking in the in the center of the motor where, you know, you have added fuel lines and, and connectors that are unplugged and just like a nest of shit. Right. Okay. So just as the LML, I will agree, it's kind of a miss. Anytime we group a 10-millimeter pump or an upgraded CP4 pump in general, it's for the Ford guys, it's for the GM guys, and I can't stress enough, anyone that's in the market for a pump upgrade um, and they want to go with the old-school way of a CP3 conversion, think about it a little bit more. Give us a call over at the shop. You know, have a lot of experience firsthand with this. Up there are other options. Reliably. um, Speaking of reliability, I have... I have some really exciting news, and today I'm only going to be able to release a teaser on this. Okay. Uh, but we are going to have more de- more details coming about a new and updated design on the some of the internal components of an LB7 injector. Now, LB7 injectors are one of our number one selling injectors yes, they are. Uh, over here at Duramax Tuner. So we deal with a lot of these customers, and we've been getting a lot of requests for VCO-style nozzles. Um, or, I'm sorry, for SAC, SAC nozzle. nozzles as opposed to the VCOs. Now... After talking with Randy Harkema from Exergy, uh, it sounds like there is some 
some new technology that's about to make a splash in the market. And I'm, I'm doing everything we can to get that scoop for us. Yeah. So next week, I hope to have some really hardcore details about LB7 injectors. If you have an LB7, I'd like you to message us over at the Facebook page or jump on our group, yeah. Fans of Diesel Performance Podcast. Message us. I'm dying to know about LB7 injectors. Guys, I'm really excited about it. It's going to be some really cool stuff. We're going to try to get you all of the details that we can here. That'll be next week. For this week, Chris, it's time to get to my favorite part of the show. Yeah, no, a big uh, no secret you know, to the interview here. And uh, today we have KJ Jones. All right, guys, time now for my favorite part of the show where we get to have our special guest presented by Calibrated Power this week. We have KJ Jones from Diesel Power Magazine. KJ, how the hell are you? Paul, I'm good. I'm good. What's up, Chris? Happy New Year to you guys. Yeah, thank you. You as well, man. You've been a busy guy lately. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm always busy, but I guess maybe more busy than usual is a good way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hey, it's been great to see all of your Facebook live feeds coming through. Yeah. I know I've been jumping on and watching those and getting some really good information there, and they're always a lot of fun. Um, but, but I think one of the one of the big things going on is we're going to start with Diesel Power Magazine changing their distribution model a little bit. Yes, well, the distribution model uh, has changed from uh, being the the print product or magazine that everyone has. Uh, been familiar with for many years for 15 years and uh the change has taken that product and that content the buzzword is content in this day and age um that content is now online it's on the web it's um on the internet it's available through your computer your tablet your phone and however else you get uh, any of your other content there's just no longer a printed version of diesel power magazine gotcha gotcha and 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 I think this is something people have talked about changing from print to digital for a long time. Now, I know I've read a ton of Diesel Power magazine articles online. I've also read a ton of them in the magazine. But but when I search something, I search on my phone or I search on my computer, and I find a lot of your guys' articles there. 2019 or maybe in the past, what was the lag time to go from an article showing up in print to an article being online? Um, it's not even a matter of it being 2019, I should say, uh, history. Um, as I've been in magazines now for 15 years, and my history with them has always been about a three-month lag time. It seems like uh, the magic number. I don't know if it was tighter before I got into this, uh, but it certainly didn't uh, really loosen up in the 15 years that I've been part of it. Basically, as uh, the production year works, you have your calendar year of, of uh, January to December, of course. But, um, for example, in January, in the magazine world, you're already working on a March issue. Yeah. Right. Now, l I have a question, because I remember if we talk late 2000s, um, you know, 2009, 2008, I remember looking at the magazine, and then I would be able to see that magazine article on Diesel Power Magazine's website like a month or two after. And then in the mid, you know, 2013, 14, 15, you started to see those magazine articles posted a little sooner as the publish date uh, became live. Was there more of like a request or what was the, the strategy or what, what was the purpose of that, that you started to see the, the magazine articles published in, on the Internet sooner or uh, close to the same time as the magazine articles published in the magazine? 
Chris, I don't know. I don't know this as fact, but I would think that uh, in 2000, it was just a matter of foresight. You know, someone okay. is, who knows who that person or group, uh, you know, is or are, but someone had the foresight to say this is how this should go. Okay. Um, as you look at it, and as you just said, there was sort of a fall off in the mid 2000s. Uh, basically, the momentum wasn't there. I guess you can almost say it wasn't the right time, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Uh, and when the right time did hit, um, diesel powers in, and I'll say our as a, as a company, um, the, the, the momentum hit, and we were slow to respond to the momentum hitting. Gotcha. Makes sense. Gotcha. Okay. Well, we're, we're here now. Um, and I think to me, Absolutely. as a, an avid reader and follower of yeah. Diesel Power Magazine and, and really a lot of the truck trend brand and, yeah. and motor trend brand, um, what what does that mean for me? Like, I'm somebody who loves a great article. I really don't. I'm not married to how I consume that article. I don't care if it's in print or if it's on my phone or a tablet or whatever. I, I just want the content. I just want the article. So mm. w will this... Like, is one of the things I'm hearing, could this possibly get readers, would it be Would it be faster for readers to get articles? Like, would it be, would I get them quicker? Or is it still going to be like a monthly, once a month, X amount of articles are going to be released? No, I think it will be um, quicker, Paul. Content now uh, is, is an immediate thing. And this isn't, you know, just based on what's happened with Diesel Power and the Motor Trend Group magazine. Content has been an immediate thing. Um, from the moment it became like the it thing. So let's say about the last four years, maybe five years, where we live in an immediate world and our, our devices, phones and tablets and, and everything else, um, and the cellular service that we're actually talking on right now, sure. uh, our devices that we have enable us to, to make things immediate. You know what I'm saying? So um, I, it's, it's, it's from a diesel power content perspective, we have uh, the Truck Trend Network, our, our group as a whole, and the four-wheeler network. Uh, we've been on uh, Web First Initiative now for the last two years. Um, two years ago, we internally uh, made a switch to Web First and then build the magazine around web content. So oh. it wasn't even a matter of a month for stories to come out. As they were being produced, uh, I think the turnaround might have been like a week and a half, two weeks, and then the story oh, would wow. appear online. And, of course, you could see it and, and, in a sense, move on to the next. You know, it's there to refer to, but that's one of the things also about the Internet and the web and, and social media, et cetera. It's so immediate that oftentimes what's presented, it, it, it has a short shelf life, um, you know, from the, from the human standpoint. You know, we have so many different things distracting us that we don't remember or we don't hold on to things unless they're just above and beyond and passive. Right. Yeah. Right. No, I, I I get it. I mean that that's that's wild to hear. Is that that's news to you as well, Chris? Right? Is that yeah? I'm <laughs> web first, right? So so did that? Let me just ask something then. I mean, I guess since this system is gone of going to print, did did the response an article had online make an impact of whether or not it would make it into print? No, um, not at all. Uh, we basically were producing for me as editor of Diesel Power. You know, I was producing two forms of content. We were, we were a web-first initiative with the truck group as the mission still was to produce Diesel Power magazine. And it wasn't a matter of um, grabbing content for 
for this uh, this platform versus that platform. It was grabbing content for Diesel Tower as, as a collective. Gotcha. Okay. Okay, interesting. So, so really, this change—it's not going to impact the quality. Then, I mean, you guys have already been doing web first. I guess it's. What ways will this change impact the content that people are going to be going to be searching for and looking for from Diesel Power? I don't think there's going to be much of one, which is why you know the, uh, you know the up in arms is, is reflex, it's knee jerk, and um, trust me, I've learned. Uh, in the last five years of being on Diesel Tower, that the passion that our followers and readers have is, is 100%. And, you know, change or even the hint of change is not is something that's not really, you know, uh, smiled upon. And I get that. But this also goes across the other brands that are in uh, the motor, that, that are no longer print brands that are going online. You know, their, their readers and followers are just as passionate, which is, is cool. But in the big picture, you know, I sit back and say that there's not really a big difference, especially when you have to take the frame of mind that people that are reading the magazine or were reading the magazine were still using their phone or still using a computer or a tablet or, or, or whatever to read something else. And, and one of the big analogies um, that comes to mind, you know, is, well, I like reading the magazine, and I'm not even going to put it just on diesel power. I like reading the magazine when I'm in the bathroom. You know, okay, sure. yeah, we all we all do it. However, guaranteed, we all sit in the bathroom with a phone and look at Facebook or Instagram. Or <laughs> <So> Guilty. <laughs> okay, no, no. I mean that that that's a really, I mean that's a really good way of framing it. Of like, let let's be honest. Like we're all reading and looking at stuff on our phones and on our computers. It, this this whole move to me makes total sense. I think it, it I think it's a good move. I mean, the way I see it is, it sounds like I'm not going to have to wait a month at a time for articles for right. the guys who were maybe only checking out the magazine. I guess that to me, my guess is few and far between. But if you were one of those guys, you were waiting a month at a time to receive a new article, whether at the newsstand or your grocery store or actually getting mailed to your house. You were waiting for it. Now. It, you, you follow along. Can I get a subscription base? Like, how does it work now? How do I check out the articles? Is it is it all just free now? That part of it, um, I, I'm not at liberty to say because I don't know. If I knew, I would definitely give you information. But I really don't know how that's all coming together with this change. Um, quite honestly, you know, as we said at the top of this, I've been kind of busy with a lot of other different things, and I haven't put any of my focus towards how the business of this actually works. So I'm sorry I can't give you any information there. No, no, no problem. I thought we'd ask. Now, as far as, you know, um, event coverage and, and things like that, none of that content is going to be veered off like, you know, articles on specific platforms like uh, different truck end users, trucks, or competition pace vehicle, base vehicles, or just, like I said, industry events and coverages like that. that that's all going to stay true, correct? Right now, Chris, yeah, that all stays true. Actually, I've been in communication just yesterday with Greg Jolly of uh, about our Diesel Super Series trying to map out um, that coverage for 2020, you know, going to the events or being at the events. And, and then the events, if we can't be there, just making sure that we have information so that the results and photos and video, however we get it, can be posted and provided just as we always have. So um, those things don't change, I guess, if there is any difference, and I really don't want to use the term change, if there is any slight difference, it might be based on budget. You know, I have no idea just yet 
how how money has become different with any of this. So where we knew what, knew what we had to work with in 2019 and, and prior years as far as going places and doing things and even collecting um, content, you know, from a from a contributor base, from a from a from a strong freelance base. I don't know how much different or changed that might be just yet. So that's something that remains to be seen. But you know, if it's the same package or something very close and similar to what I've always worked with. Why would anything be different content-wise? Yeah, I, I mean, like that. I think that brings me into probably the, the million-dollar question. So me and Paul were texting the day that you went live with uh, Facebook Live in regards to Diesel Power Magazine and the changes and no longer going into print. And the first thing that we both, me and Paul both said to one another was, what ends up happening with Diesel Power Challenge? And and let's let's jump in right here. So first of all, maybe just for somebody jumping in that hasn't been through years of the show, uh, can you give us a quick rundown on Diesel Power Challenge, which is undisputably the biggest event for Diesel Power Magazine every year, right? Definitely. It's our 10th poll event, and I just want to take a real quick second to thank you guys. Um, I took uh, some time during the holidays um, while we were sort of on a, on a downtime. I was working, but I had a few minutes to take a listen to some of the podcasts, and I appreciate in your uh, 2019 year in review how many references you made to Diesel Power Challenge and how many references you made to Diesel Power Challenge alumni. It really made me feel good that the event made that kind of impact on, on you. So thank you very much for um, you know being part of it in the, in the way that you are, and I really do appreciate the comments you made about the event. That was really cool. Hey, man, no problem. We we, we love it. It's it, it's it, it's the top of our list, right? There's there's a reason for it, but absolutely. But to um, to answer your question, Diesel Power Challenge is Diesel Power Challenge 2020. I'm in, <clears throat> excuse me, the throes of of working that together as well. Um, the program is still the program as everyone knows it. Um, from the nine competitors going after Richard Coker's uh, 2019 2019 title, they're trying to to overthrow overthrow him. I have. Uh, entries from what appears to be a, a pretty strong group of contenders. I haven't gotten through everything yet, but a pretty strong group of contenders that we're going to present to um, our online readers now. We're going to pre- present that information, photos, and, and data that is submitted by the entrance. Um, that'll probably go up on the trucktrend.com website. That'll probably go up on the website at the top of February, probably in the first week or so of February. If uh, we can complete all of this stuff, get that together. And the big thing has been um, making sure that we have a solid method of capturing the votes, the ballots. And I just got an email about that last night that um, it appears we have an online method. I'm not going to share what that is just yet because I have to have a meeting about it. I'm just letting everybody know, I guess, through through, through you guys, um, Bethel, that we do have something that is going to work as far as capturing votes, um, being a solid, uh, secure method of doing it so that there's no funny business about votes and we can have a good, robust uh, squad of nine trucks and drivers and teams that can go after Richard Coker. So I'm very excited about that. But just to kind of give you an example of how important this is, excuse me, important this is, um, this is something that isn't just like, okay, some developer or computer guy says, yeah, I got to figure it out. This has to pass through our company's legal system in order to fly. So just to have that okay is is, is a, a blessing for me right now. 
but it's also just letting and sharing with you guys and your audience, you know, how important and how serious this really is. That's so awesome. Breaking news. This has been the big question yeah. is, is how's what's voting going to look like? And, and there's been rumors of, oh, I'm going to have to go online and print off a form and mail right. it to somebody and, and, and all sorts of different ideas with it. That's awesome. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, this is the solution I think everybody has wanted. I think there's been a lot of been murmuring a lot of about yeah. want this for years, well before, you, you know, print or no print was ever a question. Uh, that's great, man. I'm excited that that's, that's going to be a game changer. Yeah. That, that really makes me feel excited about getting in and seeing those trucks that we get to vote on but let's just just real honest kj why are there so many goddamn cummins for us to vote on every year we get 30 cummins we get 24s we get five duramaxes thank god for richard yep. coker bringing the title back where it belongs but why so many cummins man I, that's like the sixty-four thousand dollar question dude and I, I i don't know and i'm not i don't know and my disappointment isn't because you know, I'm, I'm a Ford guy or I'm a GM guy or a kind of guy. It's not a matter of that. It's just like, man, you would think that from a participant or a potential participant standpoint, you know, everybody and their brother that had whatever brand would be coming out of the woodwork to try to enter this thing. But right. my history, and my history is just five years with it. I, I haven't researched um, the years before my time, but... By history, uh, in my five years, it's just been kind of the, the landslide of uh, Dodge Rams and, and Rams and coming sour trucks. And then here come a decent amount of Ford Power Stroke powered trucks. And then, uh, yeah, okay, a couple of few GMs. It's like, that, that makes no sense to me. I, and I, then you have Richard Coker and you have Cody Pulliam. Cody Pulliam, back to back. Yeah. <laughs> GMs and they've won the thing. So I was like, well, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they're great drivers and they probably would have done better in a Cummins. <laughs> Go sit down. Uh, <laughs> You're out of here, Chris. You're off the. You know yeah, what? You know what? Chris, just when I thought you were coming around. <laughs> I really just said that to spite Paul. I just said that to get a rise. And I, I listened to one and Chris is saying. Uh, you were comparing um, comparing LML powered um, uh, Duramax powered trucks, and Chris went into this thing about yeah, well you know back in the day, I was all about you know just give me a big stack and make it loud as hell, and then I didn't really care about how it rode or anything like that. I just you know it just had to be rowdy. And now he's like, well, you know, I told my boat and I want to be a little comfortable and all that noise. Oh, my God. I, I, I am saving that impression of you for my new ringtone for all of my phone calls. That was the best Chris Emke impression ever. Our listeners aren't going to know who said it. They're going to no, think he jumped in and said good. it that was good. He's been practicing, I feel. Yeah, I love it. I just told my boat. Yeah. Not wrong. That's when I thought you were coming around, Chris. Well. I had hope, man. Oh, my God. I'm dying. Oh, called out. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, my goodness. All right. Um, DPC, real quick, back on back on topic here as I as I dry my yeah. tears. G- give our listeners, give it, give us that that standard rundown. What is DPC? What is Diesel Power Challenge? What does it consist of for somebody who's never heard about it before? For someone who's never heard about it before, Diesel Power Challenge is Diesel Power Magazine, the Diesel Power brand flagship competition for diesel-powered vehicles and their drivers and teams. It is basically made up of 10 vehicles and teams. One is a returning champion, 
uh, and then nine challengers or competitors who are going against that returning champion to uh, try to get the title, to try to win the big trophy. Uh, These of Power Challenge consists of six segments, uh, six competitive segments. Um, they are the fuel uh, consumption evaluation, the dyno evaluation, uh, basically one of the marquee segments of DPC is um, the dyno shootout, of getting all the trucks on the dyno scene, who's making the, the most combined horsepower and torque. Uh, then three on-track, <coughs> excuse me, three on-track segments, uh, which are the eight-mile trailer tow, um, basically hooking all of the trucks up to uh, a flat-deck trailer that has a bobcat on it, estimated weight of that combination is about 11,500 pounds, and they drag that to the eighth mile as quick as possible, which is really uh, pretty cool. It's, uh, I, I would say now, for people who haven't seen Diesel Power Challenge or are not familiar with it, go online, go on YouTube, and find all the Diesel Power Challenge videos that you can find and watch it, because uh, it's really uh, a bunch of cool activity, and it gets a little sketch sometimes um, <laughs> For real. when they're on yeah. the track doing that eight-mile trailer tow. But the eight-mile trailer tow, then traditional drag racing, as everybody knows it, heads up, quarter mile, lights flash, and run from A to B as, as quick and fast as you can. Um, standard drag racing, and it's done on um, a basic ladder, if you will, a quick eight ladder where we take the quickest eight trucks in qualifying and just pair them off based on how they qualified and run them to the other side. And then uh, the final on-track event, which happens at Bandemir Speedway. Shout out to Bandemir, by the way. But um, the final on-track event is the uh, the trailer tow. It's, uh, it's, it's a trailer tow cone course, basically, where we take that same... Um, Bobcat and trailer setup, hook up to all the trucks and run them through a course of cones, similar similar, somewhat to uh, like a CDL driver's course. It's not the official CDL driver's course, but it's just running them through uh, a myriad of cones and switchbacks and, and fast sections and just really, uh, it's, well, Paul, you've seen it. I, I can't believe you just compared it to a CDL cone course after seeing these guys just eat cones with the trailer and truck. Well, I just imagine, <laughs> just imagine every truck driver who is in my extended family and that I know, now I just imagine them doing their CDL test through the DPC cone course. <laughs> it is, well, you are never, correct, sir. It is not a CDL test. It is, it is timed. <laughs> um, it is. I, I love. I love the explanation of these because I've heard these before. I remember talking to you before I had ever gotten to go to DPC, and I had only kind of watched the videos. And, right. and the videos are awesome. Check them out. Do not miss them. It definitely explains everything we can't explain here. Yeah. But seeing it in person, the torture that these poor vehicles <laughs> go through. I. I mean, I. Not to mention the competitors who like go two days without sleeping or run on two hours, or right. or the guy who comes in third place that literally slept through the award ceremony because he'd been up for two and a half days oh, straight. No. Um, <laughs> like it's brutal. It's brutal on the trucks. It's brutal on the people. But I love I love the descriptions of like the mile per gallon test. It is strapped down to a dyno for like eight minutes of absolute brutal torture for everything your truck is not built to do. That's day one. That's day one. It it is a test of your of your heating of your heating and cooling system. It's a test of heat rejection. It's very little to do with anything else beyond driver ability. Which, (laughs) if you want to see 
every single one of the competitors tell me how they're a great driver and then watch them on this test, both things cannot be true, my friends. Both the, the, You cannot be a great driver and do that number on that test, I'm just saying. Um, and, and it's funny because you, you see these trucks go through this massive test, and then you look at the results, and the results are measured in how many gallons they use. Right, right. And you're like, that just does not explain what I just saw. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it's a great test. It, it yeah. makes sense. And, and I remember, KJ, giving you so much pushback the first time you were on the show about DPC, about being like, come on, man, this test is stupid. Admit it. Um but no, it is, it is awesome. Uh, but you, you, you have to like have that experience of mm-hmm. it, and I think that's something. Even at the end of DPC, talking to the competitors who have spent a week. I mean, th- these five events. It's not like a day thing, right? It's, right. it's five days of events yeah, back to back. It's on brutal. top of the commuting to get there, right? Yeah, and going home. Yeah. Um. It, it is. It is absolutely awesome to hear them at the end. Be like, yeah, man. That day one test really sucked. None of them call it that mile per gallon test yeah. on the last day. They're like, that day one test really sucked. Man. That was really brutal on me. <laughs> man, um, Everyone's bitter. And, and I'm, I'm actually, honestly, I'm kind of proud of that um, fuel consumption. And it's really fuel consumption and drivability. That's it is. really what yeah. that, that test is. We cannot um, test the vehicles on the street and do the 100-mile cruise of, uh, of you know days gone by for diesel power challenge for, for various reasons. And... Um, in my first three years of Diesel Power Challenge, we kind of fought with what is some way of, of measuring fuel consumption and, and doing it right and being accurate, et cetera. And it really was one of these deals where I had gone to, De- uh, to Denver uh, and was at ATS Diesel Performance on a recon, a Diesel Power Challenge recon visit just to kind of go over some things, et cetera. And uh, Devin, <clears throat> excuse me, Devin um, at ATS, said, well, you know, our dyno has this program in it, and that's how that started. You know, the, <laughs> dyno has this program, the dyno has this program in it. I'm like, what program? And, and it went from there. And, and thank you for what you just said, because it really is true. I've, I've watched the tide turn um, from skepticism to, you know, not necessarily anticipation or eagerness to do it, but after it's over just validation and like you know what that was legit and let's move on to this program because i i got nothing for that i cannot balk at it at all it's yeah there. no absolutely it it, it it it's an awesome test and then, and then the dino's always exciting because somebody always always totally fucks up and somebody always does way better than they <laughs> expected and like somebody yeah. like you, you know it's amazing what your at-home numbers are no matter how many times <laughs> we talk about elevation and, and nitrous and elevation in a bottle and you, you know sea level it's like that then they get there and then they still have to have that explanation home. to it right <laughs> this ain't home you're a long way from home <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then the final, just, just to close it out, the final uh, segment, competitive segment, is, oh, of course, the sled pull. Which is? Where, uh, the sled, sled pull, pull where we you know build a, a pulling track, uh, and then the competitors hook up to the same type of sled. Um, Sully and Sons brings their sled equipment out, and they just do a single pull, dragging the, the progressive weight sled. That's the best way I can describe it, but the standard competition sled gets uh, dragged as far as they can take it and you know we've seen um, ultra dramatic drags from Charlie Keeter <laughs> we've seen you know kind of standard 
drags that, you know, are appropriate for the type of truck and the way it's configured and what it's capable of doing. And then we've seen some, some well, champion Richard Coker. He didn't, he didn't pull the sled very well, did he? No, no, none of them did. No. <laughs> I think Sankey, Brad Sankey, the only one from the Midwest with sled pull experience, was the only one who was good at sled pulling. No shock there. He was there. built for that. He was, was the, Travis Richards yep. year before. Travis yeah, Richards Travis Richards the year before. That's right. Murdered it. It's mine. Travis Richards, I remember Travis Richards on the way to Diesel Power Challenge. They stopped off and did a pull real quick out of state. Exactly. Loaded the I truck back up and finished finished coming yep. to Colorado. Sure yeah. Sure did. So you Jeez. have competitors, um, you know, guys uh, will bring their their respective A-game. Some of them are A-game drag racers. Some of them are A-game yeah. sled pullers. You know, some of those guys, you know, what I do is get on the dyno and I put a big number up. Everyone has, and that's one of the criteria that we have in the application, is like what's your or your and or truck's specialty? What do you do? And then they, you know, give us that information. And that's just really, in a sense, a talking point for, like, Brian Mullins, our announcer, uh, to let the audience know, like, well, this guy's good at this. And, and he said he's good at this, but then when he falls on his face, like, well, what happens? I, you know, where, where's my oh, this you're good at this. Where to go, <laughs> Chris? The the wild misuse of nitrous while sled pulling uh, would just blow your mind. I mean, I'm talking, I'm talking hundred foot, full nitrous, just just all of all it, of it, just all of it in one shot. Literally, dump the, the bottle. Talk to them before the pull. They're like, "This is my plan." I'm like, "That's." I don't want to be the guy who's interviewing you and giving you advice because I'm not a sled pull expert, no. but I think you should go find a sled pull expert and get some <laughs> advice. And then to watch them go up and execute the plan exactly how they told me. Well, 100 the feet, truck. the charger's probably not fully lit, so they think that the nitrous is going to compensate the difference. 100% yep. going to get the charger to light. Yep. I'm going to adjust enough to get the charger to That's light. Everybody with nitrous, and they're just enough just, to get just the charger Just a small jet. Light. Just a small jet. Just get my the charger. Yeah. My friend, that is not accurate. Oh, um, boy. You're yeah. painting a picture like I've been there before. There was so many people on three wheels um (laughs) (laughs) lucero steven lucero thought that he he bent the frame to his comments i think somebody was just playing a joke (laughs) on him but he was so worried about it uh yeah richard coker on three wheels that was an eye-opener for him hooking up to a sled (laughs) (laughs) the cleanest comments you ever saw sled pull and chris colorado sled pulling midwest sled pulling Two completely different things. Not they're not different sports, no. but it's like they're played in different stadiums. Yeah. Um, it's not that clay. It's not no, that the, black dirt no, that the we're ground, used to. Ground's yeah. different. Ground's different. The whole, yep. you know, uh, we talk about it here often. You know, you are what you surround yourself around type thing. And you know, everyone's an expert here because you're around a bunch of experts because right. they've been doing it for years. Right. So you have a little bit of a little more false confidence. You know what I mean? For sure. You go around a bunch of people that are like, you know, I, I drag race or you know, like uh, KJ said, you know, drag racing or or dinoing. And you got that one guy in the pack, like, you know, he knows going there, like, he's not going to do too well in most of the competitions, but he knows he's going to fuck some stuff up sled pulling. That, <laughs> okay, know? that was our boy Brad. Brad yeah. literally raised his hand at, at the at the drag races, was like, I've never dragged race before. <laughs> and then at the sled pulls, he's like, I'm the only one who has sled pulled before. <laughs> so, so out of his own. He did great. He yeah. did great. Um, DPC is, it, it's a lot of fun. How long has this been running? How long have you guys been doing the challenge? Diesel Power Challenge, um, I want to say it, it came about, uh, probably be about 15 years of Diesel Power Challenge. I think it's 15 years of, of DPC, Ooh. if I'm not mistaken. Yes, sir. I love it. Yeah, like 0506. Now, now, we've had live coverage of the event and then also recorded 
produced footage in post. Uh, what? Any plans? Any any specifics coming out yet? Are we going to have a live feed of of Diesel Power Challenge? One of the specifics I can share, um, and sadly, sadly there will not be a live feed uh, this year. What? Unfortunately, that's um, um, unfortunate. A little, uh, well, a lot disappointing, but it's one of those deals, and that's again. Uh, business side thing. It's not me saying, okay, well, no, we're not going to do a live feed. So let's just make sure that that's on record. But um, uh, business has decided that uh, we won't do a live feed. However, <clears throat> pardon me, however, uh, there is uh, a project in the works uh, to do another type, do our, our video, um, the videos that we have on YouTube, that type of thing, of course, but something else. Um, that really could be pretty exciting. I just really can't talk about it right now, honestly, but it's it's going to be pretty exciting uh, if it does come to fruition. But the videos that we've all watched, I guess they come about around September. Is that when they started to drop? Or maybe August, September, uh, the, the, the Diesel Power Challenge week that appears on YouTube. That still is going to be in place. And Brian Loans, I've been talking to him, and it looks like his schedule is going to work out to be our host and, and kind of keep things consistent that way that's awesome cool. that's awesome well i'm excited um kj any other information that you want to share with our listeners um right now i just want to share my my gratitude to everyone for uh sticking with us uh in this time of, of transition and and trusting that you know the transition isn't going to be as as hard hurting as or any more heart-hurting than it might have been already. You know, I, I kind of get it. I totally get it, you know, as a magazine guy before I worked for magazines. So of course, you know, I came up reading them. I thought about this when our business changed. I have in my rafters in the garage, I have milk crates of car crafts uh, because car craft was the first magazine that I got as a subscription. And I don't remember how old I was, but I was <laughs> in a sense, a little kid. It was one of those deals where I didn't get it. You know, my mom got it for me, you know sure. what I'm saying? So I still have those <laughs> magazines and milk crates up in the attic in the garage. So I, I understand the disappointment because, you know, outside of it being my job, I, I was like, wow, you know, that's, that's different. But then again, you know, magazines, um, as a whole, are not eliminated because you go in the store and you do see magazines under rack. So the business of magazines is still pretty robust. It's just there's been change within the Motor Trend Group. Um, uh, and now I think, as you as you said, and as we discussed at the top of this, I think it's a good change. I think it's a change that's you know progressive and it's with the times, if you will, and it'll prove to be um, you know successful as we go forward. No question. So thanks to everyone kind of understanding that i really do appreciate the support that um everyone gives uh, me uh slash diesel power when i do the live broadcast in the morning the facebook live i mean that's fun um i just like sharing i like to hear what people have going on there's not a lot of that going on it's usually me just kind of blathering for 20 minutes but just to stay engaged <laughs> with me um and and following um you know my bladder because it's, it's it's not bladder from a stupid, just talking stupid sense. It's, you know, trying to be constructive and trying to give information as necessary or just, you know, share something that I think could be of value, value to the person listening to me. So thanks a lot for, uh, for backing that up as well. And other than that, I'm just kind of excited about 2020 and the new decade and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, glad that 
we still have our uh, our relationship and uh, look forward to seeing you at Diesel Power Challenge and, and going from there and various other events, helping the call-out challenge, and um, we'll just keep it moving. How about that? Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us today, KJ. Listeners, this has been Paul Wilson. Chris Emke. Thanks for listening. Yeah, I mean, they're great drivers, and they probably would have done better in a Cummins. <laughs> Go sit down. <laughs> You're out of here, Chris. <laughs>